Blog Talk Radio. Being able to be there, cuddle, and 
you know, give that support emotionally for a lot of people. They help with uh, people who are dealing with anxiety uh, and people that are dealing with depression, anything like that. And so um, we do have uh, someone who specializes in working with horses, and I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to hear from her tonight. Let me see if we have our guest on, Ms. Kim. <laughs> yes. So do we have we our, do do have, we have, um, oh. Yeah, we have our founder, Mr. Bill, on, and he's going to, I think, introduce Yvonne Prosser-Christ is her name, Yvonne Prosser-Christ, and she's um, going to tell us a little bit about the work that she does with um, horses being uh, a means of therapy for trauma victims. And I, I can tell you personally, I love horses. I've had uh, a lot of experience with horses, but I don't get I don't get on them very often anymore. I don't see them anymore. But I can tell you that my background tells me that this is going to be a really good topic for her, and it's a and I totally believe in the concept of you know kind of horse therapy. So, Yvonne, thank you for calling in and being on the show. Hi, good to be here. Um, this is a spontaneous moment, but I'm glad to be here, and I do. I, I work with horses. I love working with my clients with the horses. Right. Well, and, yeah. And Nancy doesn't know very much about you. Just let me have a couple of questions here, Nancy, to get you the, raw ball, the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, um, you, have, you, you don't have just one horse. You have a bunch of horses, huh? I have, well, actually, I have two horses right now. Um, oh, okay. I, yeah, I have two horses, and I only use one horse at a time. So um, I travel a good bit, too. I see clients. I go to clients that have horses. Um, oh. So I don't want to leave my husband with a bunch of horses, and, and he's not a horse person. So I downsize really? just for him because I used to have five. <laughs> I feel Ooh. like horses, I love dogs, okay? I love all animals. And I love dogs because they're so, they give you so much. Well, horses do the same thing. People don't know it. Um, they, um, you know, if they were a little smaller, we'd have them in our house. <laughs> they're hard to get in the house, though. They're, they're I've had a mini in my house before. I know. I, 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 know, I know that trip, you know. Uh, <laughs> A, a tiny little there are tiny horses and you can have them in your house but um, i'm just saying that for most people they can imagine you know having a pet dog but having a pet horse they don't all right i'm going to let you go and let you talk to dr nancy and uh kim who are the two uh hosts of tonight's show dr nancy's the lead host so thank you so much for calling in though thank you um <laughs> Thank you. So I, I do. Thank you, um, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. So I do gestalt mm-hmm. with my horses. So I I am a gestalt um, coach, and I work with my clients, and then I put them in a round pen with a horse. And what I love about the horses is, you know, the horses are in the present moment, and and you know they're prey animals. So if you know, they sense the energy. They're really good at you know, feeling, you know, a client's energy and where they're at. 
Um, if a client is in their mind, in their brain, thinking, the horse usually is not even paying attention to them. But if the client is in their heart and in their emotions, they are just like right there with them. So we do a lot of different uh, processes with the horses and the clients, and the the clients just love the horses. Um, you know, if you you're not able to trust people, and the horses are really good at embodying, you know, the trust and unconditional love, and our clients just uh, just absorb all that. Right. Well, right. So Mary, I can give you. you um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. What are you going to say? I was just going to. I can mm-hmm. give you like an example of a client I just had. Um, yeah. So for so we, you know what a round pen is? It's just a circle, and it, it's like a panels that go together with the horses in there. And I had one client that had um, um, she had just uh, broke up with a um, partner, and it was physical and abusive. And she was in the round pen, and she was walking around. The horse wasn't paying attention to her because she's all in her head because she'd never done this before, and she's thinking. And there happened to be a, a pile of horse poop, and she stepped over it and laughed, and the horse, like, raised his head and looked over and saw her. He's like, oh, there's somebody in here. So um, the horse goes over toward her. And I said, just stay in the, in that moment. Of where you'd laugh um, and just stay into that feeling place and just um, and walk around in a circle and she did and the horse, the horse stays with her and then she she had a thought and said I just wish I could you know get my get um, I'm just going to call him Shane um, I just wish I could get Shane back and the horse stops and leaves her so she's verbally saying that, but she's really not congruent with that, that um, what she spoke out. Her heart and soul knows that that is really not where she needs to be. So the horse just kind of peels off and leaves her. And, um, and so she gets back into her heart and her feelings, and the horse goes back over to her, and she's walking in a circle. And they are about done. And I usually when you open a gate to um, – so actually, before she walked over to the gate, she was walking, and the horse nudged her, like went, put his nose on her back and kind of nudged her. And I said, "What do you What do you feel the horse is telling you by by nudging you like that?" And she said, "He He's telling me that I need to move on, and mm. you know I don't need that in my life." And I said, "That's a great That's a great awareness." And so. As they start moving toward where I am over by the door, I open the door. And usually when you open the gate of a pan, of the round pen, the horses will come out. Well, he stayed with her. And as we got, she got closer over to where the gate is, she, she just said, I really have to have Shane back in my life. And the horse walks around and stands right in front of the gate and wouldn't let her out. Mm. And I said, so now what are you telling me? So that that's an experience. It's easier if I tell you a little story to help you to understand. Yeah. And those are always great to hear um, because, like you said, you know, we're, we're this is like a phenomenon. It's like how is it that animals feel? What is it that they feel? If you're angry, do they feel? How do, how do the horses react if somebody's angry or somebody's 
sad or somebody had a loss or depression, do you see a difference in the horse's temperament? Well, with the anger, I work with the client before I put them in a round pen. So I'm sitting with Mm -hmm. a client knee to knee before they go to the horse. If there's anger, I deal with the anger before I put them with a horse. There's, to me, there's mm. no sense in putting anybody in a round pen with a horse if they're angry, you know? Mm. Uh, so now sadness, grief, all that is fine. The horse will just be there for them. Horses will embody whatever the client needs. Um, if it's sadness, I, I, the horses will stand there and they'll curl their neck around it. So, and it's like they give you this little hug. And the clients just embrace that, and they'll just start crying, and and the horses, the horses just align with the client, and I mean all kinds of different things happen. There's so many different scenarios that could happen. Yeah. How do the horses interact with new people? Say that again. How do the horses interact with new people? Every time you bring a new person to the horse and the person's a little nervous, how do they interact with new clients? Uh, I get them to go in, into the round pen, and I get them really grounded. I get that mm-hmm. they just go stand right in the center, and I get them super grounded, you know, and anchored to the earth um, and into their heart. I, I will talk to them and get them to close their eyes and to feel into a moment where they felt joy and that nervousness kind of just dissipates, and the horse, uh, the horse will come right up to them. I mean, a horse is okay with you know people having anxiety and stuff like that. It just I don't put any kind of person that's angry in there because really, if they're angry, you want to yeah. help the client to release that anger in a healthy way before you put them in there with a horse. Yeah. That's okay. Can I can I ask you how did yeah. you start? How did you get started? With this, where did well, this come from? Where well, I am going to be. I'm going to be on here with uh, actually um, uh, the lady that taught me everything I know with the gestalt and the horses. Is going to we're going to come on together. Um, we're actually figuring out a date for that. She's super busy because she's always teaching. Um, she knows. Uh, I mean, she you will just love all the stuff she's going to tell you about the horses. But I started. Um, um, I've worked with uh, women in trauma since, uh, I guess, 2000, but I decided to kind of go out on my own instead of working with someone else to um, learn about the horses. And in her class, you, you learn about the horses and you, learn, you work on your personal work. And I, was, uh, I had sexual trauma from six months to 21, and um, then I and so I worked on a lot of my, uh, a lot of stuff that I haven't worked on uh, with my trauma with her in the class with the horses, and it's just phenomenal. It's, it's beautiful to see the horses work with the clients. And, that was and that's how I got into that. Wow. So you, so you got into it, was it starting working on yourself or just? You were trying to help other women, and it just happened to help you as well. I, I'm. I already had been working on some of my own personal. Um, we call it unfinished business, you know, when you have trauma right. that you hadn't looked at, 
And um, I had worked on some of my uh, past trauma. Um, but as you know, it's like peeling an onion. And I, I kind of laugh about it. I say, I've got a big old Spanish onion for some reason. i got a big one. So I'm mm. constantly peeling the layers. And, and I had never uh, had any kind of equine therapy. And um, mm. I was, I went, actually, I was in a, um, a retreat and, one of the ladies had a um, had an equine session with us. She in the retreat, we got to have a session with the horse, and I immediately was like, "I can do this. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing." I finally figured it out, and so I, as soon as I got in the car with that group of people, I was I, I got the name of the training that the lady that was uh, had the session with us got the name of Melissa Pierce, and it's touched by a horse. And I instantly, like, immediately got her to send me information, and I signed up and was in her next class. Um, and I have been there ever since, just learning. And um, she, um, she's been a therapist, like, I don't know, I'm just guessing 38 years, but she started this um, training with her horses because she saw that horses, showed up for people that were on her ranch when when she would be working with clients they would be out at the horses and the horses were just like right there glued to them so she's like hmm, I'm gonna you'll hear more about it when she's on how she created the program um, but that's how she got the horses with the clients and knew that that was going to be beneficial for any kind of trauma I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. Um, you know, and many of us and everyone pretty much, that's not most of us, not everyone right now on the call, but most of us have been through, on the call, have been through abuse, okay, mm-hmm. some form of abuse and some form of trauma. I speak for myself, and I know a couple of people on the call right now have been through sexual abuse as well. Um, and so... Um, for me, I was five years old when I experienced my sexual abuse. So when you talked about experiencing abuse, child abuse at such a young age, it it spoke to me. And it's making me want to go play with some horses, okay? I'm not going to lie. You're, you're taking me there. <laughs> where now I'm like, wait, you were like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, you know what, maybe that's where I need to be. So, you know, uh, for people that are in their first early stages of recovery, what can you say to those people and or uh, – because I have – I mean, it's like I've never worked with a horse. I have clients who have horses, who own horses, um, but I've never personally – I mean, I've touched a horse a couple of times, probably like three, four times. And maybe sometimes they're a little intimidating. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to bite me. And so I'm kind of, like, scared to go up to the horse. And I'm like, and then I hear that the horse feels everything. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm talking in my head. Maybe the horse feels it. All right, so for somebody like myself who wants to work on, continue, I, I use different forms of therapy to work on my own self, okay? Yeah. So mm-hmm. for somebody like myself who's trying to, maybe wants to experiment in that area, what would you say that um, helped you as far as the area of uncovering or helping you in the area of bringing things up from your childhood? Well, for 
I mean, well, you mentioned a lot, but for someone that's uh, scared of the horse, you don't have mm-hmm. to go in the round pen at first with the horse. You can, the horse can be, so our chairs are set up right next to the round pen. So we are sitting right there where the rails are and the horse is inside the rails. We are outside. The horse can be mm-hmm. right there and still come right up beside the rails and be working on you energetically. Um, mm-hmm. If you know about chakras, horses are very good at balancing your chakras mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. feeling the energy. So um, if you were a little, you know, uh, afraid of the horse, then we, when you first get there, we could stand there and outside and talk to the horse and you could pet him. Or her, and just get more comfortable. And then, if you got comfortable, usually they're like, "Okay, I want to go in." So you know, and if it's their first time around horses, then I will allow them to, you know, pet the horse and get more comfortable. If if I don't have other clients, um, you know, sometimes you do groups. You know, so I work with you know like small groups. You know, so we have little small groups, real intimate and. And we do group processes, which helps that are really, really beneficial. Um, but if it's a private client, then I spend more time, and if they're afraid of the horse, I will allow them to pet the horse, get to know the horse. And then if they're super uh, anxious about it, we'll sit outside. They don't have to go in. The horse will be working on them um, from outside, I mean, from the inside while we're outside. Um the horses for me, I did not trust anyone. Um, yeah, I, I had horses. I had horses going in, and you know, I, I didn't. I was just so super numb and frozen that I didn't show uh, emotions. You know, I just shut down. I was frozen, and the horses really helped me to just surrender. I surrender and vulnerability and even saying the word emotion or feeling or sensation, those were like bad words. Like, I don't like those words. And um, so being with the horse helped me to just, it, it took my mind off of, oh, my gosh, I'm here and, you know, she's out there like wanting me to do something. So if you're with the horse, you can pet the horse or just stand there and just feel the presence of the horse. And it just, it helped me to just breathe and to allow myself to just be with the horse and trust that the horse was going to be right there and we're safe. So that was really my first experience. I felt safe with the horse. And that was like, I, I was always hypervigilant and, always looking out for the next step. I'm always one step ahead of everyone. So mm-hmm. the horse helped the horse helped me to just be in my body and present and breathe and I would just connect with the horse and the it was just a calm that came over me to help me to allow myself just to feel comfort for just a moment. And to let go of being in control and looking and being hyper vigilant, so that's what it did for me. And when I felt that for the first time, I was like, "Okay, this is good. You know, this is a feeling that is normal, but it's not familiar for me." Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I have like a lot more questions, but let's just open up well, the panel. 
because we have a few people. You were going to say something? Yes. I, I jumped on yeah. uh, like spontaneously, but I have about 10 more minutes. Okay. Um, I was just, uh, I just saw his post like, can you get on? And, I'm, and I just wanted to jump on. Yeah. No worries. No, uh-huh. we appreciate you. So about one minute. Uh, let me open up the mic. Uh, if anyone has a comment or a question, please feel free to share. Hi, Yvonne. This is uh, Kim Bacon, and I am one of the, the, the co-hosts this evening. And um, I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing, and I I just love what you're doing. I, I couldn't just really relate to that and um, a quick story my daughter really wanted to do horses when she was younger so we went and put her in this um, western ears the western ears and they just kind of I mean I think they tried to introduce her a little bit to the horses but then you know they their philosophy was get up there and you know start right away and um, she had a really bad experience and so then she wouldn't do it again growing up, but then when she met her husband, she um, decided that she wanted to, to go back to riding horses and or try and ride horses again, I guess, and then she um, got, you know, started getting lessons, and then she ended up getting that horse that she took lessons on, and now she has that horse and another horse and a mini horse, and they have 10 acres, and I love going over to her house and just spending time with the horses. I'm, I've never been around them a lot, but I can definitely feel that energy. And um, and I just love how you were, you know, how you were telling us about the mind and um, and their heart, how they react more to that than, than the mind, the heart more. And so I just love that, and I'm going to take that with me next time I go over there. <laughs> but I remember watching something on YouTube. I think, um, before I even being around them because I wanted to know a little bit about them too. And so it was a, yeah, it was fun to do that. So I love your work and I look forward to having you back on. And also, I'm sorry, remind me of your, the other gal's name you were going to come on with. I'm sorry, say that last was your name. Who was that other um, lady that oh, you were going to come on with? Her name work? is Melissa Melissa Pierce. She is the one okay. that created the um, Touched by a Horse uh, it's program. It's, oh, okay. it's called Equine Gestalt Coaching. It's a a two year program. It's it's in. I mean, it, she is super phenomenal at what she does and. And when you're in there, you do your work, and you coach, and you get amazing training, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I it, It's like um, I found my calling, you know. It, it just um, kind of makes your heart sing, you know. Yeah. And I, it's so I like funny that. that I got on tonight because I just posted on my um, Facebook a, I worked with a client, and and she it was so emotional. She was so touched by the horse and how how the session went, and she kind of was telling me about it. And 
somebody was videotaping it, and I asked her if I could put it on my Facebook because a lot of people asked me, well, what, what exactly? How can a horse help you? And I just posted that, and we're talking about it. So I can send that to um, send it to you to um, put on the page if you yeah. want. And uh, and it, it's a little video. I think it's like a two-minute little video that kind of – and you'll hear her um, right after a session and how it touched her heart. Hey, that's wonderful. So much. I can't wait to hear yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get back to Miss Kim. I don't think I heard about these horses. I, maybe I did hear it a little bit, but I don't. I'm going to get back to Miss Kim with this horse situation because now I'm feeling like I'm not living life to the fullest, and <laughs> I feel like uh, I need to be around some horses, like more hands on. Um, just I know you're getting ready to to leave, and we really do appreciate your time. I want to make sure that uh, everyone gets a chance to ask questions. If anybody else would like to ask a question or make a comment, please join us. Well, I had something to share. When I was um, when I was um, five or six, because I, I lived in this one house, or six or seven, maybe. We lived in this one house in New Jersey for two years only. And our neighbor to the to the rear of us was the sheriff for the town, but he also owned a stable. <laughs> and his daughter, who was my age, um, had been riding all her life, <laughs> which was six years, you know. <laughs> but she was very comfortable on horses, of course. They gave me a job at the stable, which the job was to hold the the reins on the, on a, uh, a pony that some some little kid was on and walk him around in the circle. You know, uh-huh. that was my job, <laughs> walking kids. But the the cool part was, I got compensation for it. And my compensation was um, learning how to ride, and my teacher was his daughter's, my my age. But she knew everything about horses. I didn't know anything about horses. At six years old, I was from New York City. <laughs> but that was my first job, and that's what I got paid for. I got paid with riding lessons. And they even assigned wow. me uh, a pony called uh, Domino. I remember the pony. And he was a black and white spotted, you know, pony. Um, and that was the the pony that I rode usually when I came to the to the farm to the uh, stables. So how about that for a story? Pretty good, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is definitely That's a good first memory. job. I, I yeah, didn't I have it. horses. I didn't have horses until um, I was, gosh, um, until two thousand and. Eight, so I didn't wow. have horses until then. But they are beautiful creatures and animals. Like I had, I mean, dogs too. They just love you unconditionally. And you know, the thing with horses is, I if I didn't feed my horses at six o'clock tonight, um, they're not going to say, "My gosh, my owner didn't feed me. I don't like her." They don't do that. They. They're going to show right up again and love you right there. 
unconditionally. In the moment, unconditional, you know, unless you're abusing them, you know. But I am so glad I got to meet you guys, and uh, I know you will love Melissa. She is so full of information, and she's worked with a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, abuse in all kinds of areas. And she even went to prisons and interviewed um, the perpetrators. So she's been looked at all different angles. She's super informative about it, and um, you'll love that. And we're just trying to get our schedule. She's super busy, and once we get that figured out, we'll be back on. Wow. So I never thought about that. I think that's a great idea, um, doing prison ministry with horses. I, I've seen them do prison ministry with dogs. Um, and train dogs and try to and train them to be service dogs in prison. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've been following, but I haven't seen prison ministry or prison people in prison doing uh, training. Well, I don't, know. I don't think she did wow. horses with the prison people. She just went in to interview them. Oh. To, she wanted to understand from all different perspectives to help her clients, and she would. So you'll, I'll let you her tell you about it because I don't want to misspeak, but um, yeah. you'll definitely love all the information she has got to to uh, share. Okay. And and okay. I will thank you so much, and y'all have a fabulous rest of your evening. And thank I will you. send you that little video to post so people can uh, see what it's like from a, a participant that just um, had a session. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a joy having you. How can mm-hmm. we reach you? How yeah. can we reach you real quick? Besides, well, I have her, I have her information. You do? Okay. I have her information. Uh, and through her Facebook pages, how I would say would be the best way to reach her. Um, okay, but what's I, her Facebook I, I'm familiar with. I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, okay. She's got off. Okay, okay. No worries. It's okay. A, I mean, I can give you her profile page. And right there, one of the first videos there recently added was the, will be the video that she described. And um, it is kind of fa- fascinating. The, the gal who had just finished the session was kind of blown away. She was really impressed <laughs> uh, that how the how the session went with the horse. And um, so it's yeah. kind of a nice thing for it to end the show. So what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll get in touch I'm with her um, after the show, of course. I'll, I'll get in touch with her, and um, I'll get the um, the information on her. Because I, I will fill in the description of tonight's show with some, some of the information about her, and I'll include the uh, a link to the video. You know the the uh, you know that'd be good. Yeah. Um, but I, right it. now we don't, we don't have a good description, anyways. So we need a. Um, yeah. I need a couple of minutes to put it together, but I promise that it will be there. And again, her name is Yvonne. I thought that was great. Now. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Yvonne. And I really appreciate. I thought that was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I really she wish that she could have stayed a little longer. I do have oh, somebody yeah. on the line, Miss Christina. She, Miss Christina, she's been with us, Miss Christina Jones. We've interviewed her in the past, um, you know. But uh, I just, 
I, like I said, I don't know. Was I hearing your dog, Mr. Bill, in the back? My dog, yeah. I was hearing like a little... I was hearing a little whining and crying baby in the bed. <laughs> I said, what is we're, that? Well, I, my I wife heard the baby dog. <laughs> we're eating a little dinner, and the dog uh, wants some, you know. Oh, He's trained the dog's to like, the, mm, mm. Yeah. He makes little sounds like that, but he's trained to not disturb us until the very end of the meal. (laughs) Good. And then he knows he's going to get something. Right. No, that's good. It's good to have a a good discipline balance with them. But, um, excuse me, when I heard, uh, excuse me, when I heard the little whining in the back, I'm like, wait, we're talking about animals. I'm hearing a little baby dog whining in the back, like, for the first time. Like, you know we're talking about doggy baby animals. Um, but, again, uh, we do have Miss Justina on the line. Um, you know, right. she's been with us before. She shared her story in the past. She wrote a wonderful book. She's a survivor of child abuse. And she shares her story. She, she she's um, shared her recovery story and living out loud in her recovery. And so, you know, Miss Christina, Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining Hi, us. Hi, Christina. Uh, Hi. Hello. Thank you I for having you me. Just, you're welcome. I know you just came in, um, you know, just giving you a little update about uh, our conversation tonight. Tonight we're really talking about pet therapy and how animals uh, can help people who have been through different forms of abuse with their anxiety. And we don't have to just stick to pet therapy. I was just giving you an update of what we were talking about before you came in. And we had a wonderful guest who came on. Her name is Miss Yvonne. And she was talking mm-hmm. about horses. She worked with horses. Mm-hmm. She went to um, a retreat. They had horses there. She was working on herself. And she connected strongly with that area of therapy. And now she practices that area by helping other people with uh, using horses to help other people through their trauma. I don't know. Have, are you familiar? Have you ever heard of pet therapy, animals being used for therapy, anything like that? I, I have. I have. Um, and I think with, because I know you know some of the history of, like, with my husband dealing with so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and someone had mentioned to us because he, he has like past trauma as far as like sexual abuse and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. how that could have kind of caused him to have issues with, um, like his health, you know, so mm-hmm. someone suggested that we get like a service animal that will be very therapeutic mm-hmm. for him because like, Sometimes, too, when we deal with traumatic situations, especially childhood trauma, we can store that, you know, and we talked about how the body can keep score. And who knows, maybe all of that had, like, began to manifest through him getting, you know, very, very sick, like the illness and things like that. Um, So therapies, like, with the animals, pet therapy, as well as music therapy, can really help us overcome certain things as well because it's like even when you start to think about music, musical therapy and just like the 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 sound waves, it can be very soothing and therapeutic as well. So 
You're right. And and that and art therapy, right. You're talking about yep. music therapy. And music is very therapeutic for me. There's times when I'm feeling low and I'll put some empowerment music or some Celine Dion or I'll put some Mm-hmm. Uh, gospel music, or I put Beyonce. Depending on what I need it to lift me, right? What mood I need to go into. Uh, right. It'll put me in that mindset, and that's why sometimes we have to be careful what type of music we listen to, because they'll make us be ready to break windows <laughs> and um, you know flat tires and make you crazy because you're listening to music that's not uh, you know. And, and hey, it depends where you're at. Sometimes you need it to clean the house, but like you said, right. um, music. It's very therapeutic, and it does. You know, words have power. I believe right. we believe that words have power. And so uh, listening to empowering music, especially mm-hmm. when you're feeling low and you're not feeling empowered, it helps to lift you up, okay? Right. It helps right. to lift you up. Right. And and like you said, like the the words too, you know, listening to the words behind it, you know, because another form of therapy can also be with poetry and, and spoken words. And and that's what also helps mm. me when I go to different sets and I listen to people share their story or even with myself and being able to write those things down and you're like you're mm. releasing the power of it. And being in those settings with different individuals who are sharing so vocally, but also kind of rhyming, sometimes not rhyming, but you can just feel the words. And we know that our our words have power. You know, the power of life and death are in the tongue. (laughs) So we can give and we can receive it at the same time. That was was good that you said that, because I remember uh, when I was writing my book, um, mm-hmm. My Costa Rican. Hey, let me drop the word. My Costa Rican have a birthday, <laughs> breaking the bondage and answering the call. <laughs> Just for anybody mm-hmm. out there. But um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was writing my book, there was a time that I was writing and tears were falling down my face and on the paper and mm-hmm. or on the laptop. And I was like, on the, on the keyboard. I don't think that was supposed to be happening. That was dangerous. But I remember right. there were times I broke down writing. So when you said, that there's a release when you put the words out of your, like you're releasing them from your heart. They're like incarcerated inside of mm-hmm. you. And then there's a pouring, like a rain. There's a release of these words onto, you know, to the paper. That was powerful that you said that because I felt literally I felt that when you said it. Right, right. And and I've been to retreats where we'll have a writing assignment and um, I remember one particular retreat, we had the writing assignment, and then we took what we wrote, and we placed them inside of, um, like, plastic bottles, and then filled them up with water, and then just let it just flow out into the ocean. Even though, you know, that, that does pollute. That's a lot of pollution, <laughs> you know. Um, but just doing that activity, it just it felt like it was just going away. Those issues, those problems, that anxiety, the trauma was just kind of floating away, you know. Um, and just even though healing healing is healing is a process, and it can be a lifelong process, you know. But doing exercises like that can help. And also, um, my sister, she has a burn book, and I, I'm like. I've I've written some things down. I've burned it up, but I didn't know there was actually an actual burn book. So if anyone Ooh. is experiencing like those traumas and they want to write it in a an actual burn book, I think that's more safe 
I think that's more safe than what I did. I just burned up a notebook and I threw it in the dumpster. That's not safe. <laughs> but if you have an actual book that you can you can write down what it is that that's triggering you or what's hurting you or what has caused a lot of trauma in your life and then just burn it up. Um, there's yeah, even some paper. There's even nobody oh. the lights to me. No. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Bill, let me unmute it. Go ahead. What were you saying? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Mr. Bill. Okay. Um, there's a and then there's some paper. One of my friends, she did a forgiveness. Um, I want to say like it was a forgiveness retreat, and she mm. had purchased this type of paper that you can write on, and then when you put it into the water, <laughs> when you put it into the water, the words disappear. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. really cool. And um, just it 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 really is. I mean, she was describing it to me. I couldn't make it to the to the event because you know I'm different location. But when she described it to me, I'm like, that's that's amazing because it's like it it almost feels like everything is like erased, even though like it's Mm. not really erased. But that's something that's also very therapeutic as well. The paper, I can't think of the paper, but um, she did find it off of Amazon. I think I've seen it. Um, I've seen it before. Somebody told me about it with these grandkids that are writing all over the walls and doing all kinds of stuff. I've heard there's certain markers and certain things that maybe even uh, (laughs) um, Kim may know about some stuff. She got some grandkids too. These kids writing on walls and doing stuff is washable this and washable that. So, I mean, uh, let me say something. First of all, um, I love your ministry, and I love mm-hmm. hearing a lot of times you, you know, you, you take the time. I think part of healing is taking the time to research ways to heal, right, taking the time to say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm actively doing the work to heal. I'm actively doing the work to walk in my healing. I'm actively doing the work to walk away from this what's holding me down. Um, and one of the, the therapeutic um, practices that you had us do, even in one of the programs that we do, one of the um, mm-hmm. groups that we're a part of, which is uh, healing from trauma, uh, you know, mm-hmm. after abuse, uh, you know, you had the all of us, not just the women, I'll say all of us, you had us all, including yourself. Write a letter right. to your abuser, and I thought that mm-hmm. was such a wonderful idea. That was such a wonderful idea because there's things that I have not, I have personally not been able to say to my abuser, and I shared with you all in one of the meetings that my abuser contacted me via Facebook recently, and really mm-hmm. was like having an attitude with me for not communicating, and I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just not even gonna even I'm just gonna read this and I'm just I'm just gonna exit because if I really go off it's not it's not you're not part of my healing journey right now. Excuse me. Right. Move out of my way. And so, okay. um and I've already had conversations with him in the past. So I'm just I don't have to explain anything to you where I am today. Today I'm taking peace I haven't even been on social media. I've been taking peace breaks. So um mm-hmm. You know, and I've been enjoying my peace breaks. I've been focusing on school, focusing on things. I've been minding my business. Um, 
But anyways, back to the fact that, you know, you're, I love the fact that you're really about working on your recovery and some of the practices that need to happen, even though, I mean, like the burn book. That was amazing. When you said the burn book, automatically I was like, ah, maybe I would make a circle full of dirt and put the book in the middle and burn it, you know. (laughs) That would be maybe an extra shade, but I would enjoy burning that book. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, again, if you can just talk to us a little bit about the importance of the practice of writing that letter, why it is important to write that letter, and what could happen, you know, what could come out of writing that letter, just some information about that. What's your thought? Oh, wow. So let me kind of back up a little bit, too. I I took a peace break. I think I deactivated my page for, um, deactivated Mm -hmm. Facebook for probably about, uh, maybe about seven weeks, seven or eight weeks. I jumped on the other night because I'm like, I'm missing everybody. But then I'm like, you know what? I need some more peace in my life. I got to take a little little break. Um, now, what led what led me to deactivating the page um, was because, yes, I had started doing a lot of, um, you know, like the shows with redemption and recovery and sharing my testimony. And um, but this was the like to actually see the recording of me talking about what happened to me at age three by this particular person. It just kind of yeah. it it sent me in a downward spiral when this person that I told my mom who, you know, I told my mom that this person had, um, of course, sexually abused me and assaulted me Mm -hmm. um, at age three. But to know that this person watches all of my videos, it just, it, it, it sent something in me that I I couldn't even explain. I thought that I had gotten over it. Um, That's why I say healing is a lifelong process. And um, to know that this person was watching the videos, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't want them to see this video. I just froze. Um, The other thing that happened during that time, too, was that I had to realize that that three-year-old girl inside of me, the three-year-old little girl, she needed to to release that. I had to let her know that it Mm -hmm. was okay for her to cry. So it was like I cried for that three-year-old girl inside of me. And I cried. Mm -hmm. I cried until I couldn't even breathe or speak. (laughs) So so that could be something else that's therapeutic because even though we become these big old adults, we're big and grown, that little person is still inside of us. And, like, I'm not trying to speak all spooky or crazy, you know, like, oh, that's kind of spooky. Um, but it's true, mm-hmm. and there's parts of us while we're on this healing journey that needs to still be healed, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. that little person inside of us, that child, needs to know, you know what, it's okay for you to cry right now. It's okay for you to mm-hmm. grieve this situation. Um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> after doing that, like, it got to a point where I couldn't, because this, this person, this particular person, they've changed, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go to mm-hmm. into exactly who it is, but they've changed a mm-hmm. lot. You know, it's been mm-hmm. over 30 years since the incident. Uh, this person now, we, we have a, we have a better relationship now. Um, because during that time when it happened, this person was strung out on drugs. It was just horrible situation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I I thought that I had forgave this person um I thought that I had dealt with it 
But again, seeing myself say those words on this recorded video, and again, knowing that this person watched these videos, it just it triggered me right. badly. Um, even to the point where I couldn't even look at pictures of this person. I couldn't receive calls from this person um, for for a couple of weeks. But being in the Healing and Thriving After Sexual Abuse group, which that's another thing that's therapeutic, okay. is joining communities that um, that will help us mm-hmm. evolve and, and get through these things. So I shared, that was like the first time I shared in this group, this private group, exactly who did what to me at that age and what transpired um, as far as me being triggered. And then that's what led me to um, just kind of encouraging everyone to write that letter to your abuser. And you don't have to go. You don't have to go read this letter to the abuser. It could be just something that that's between you and, and yourself, or you and other other people that you trust. Um, and that really helped me to process my feelings about this individual. And we actually we just talked. I want to say that was yesterday. We we were able to talk. Um, but my situation is a little bit different. Now, everyone that have sexually abused me and molested me, I'm not taught, you know, I can't, I can't get myself to have that type of relationship with them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I hope I answered your question <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> about grieving for that little, that, that little person mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. of you, that child that doing, it's called inner child work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. And it, Yes. Go ahead. What are you going to say, Anne? Mm-hmm. You were going to oh, say no, something? I, I wasn't. Okay. I thought you were going to say something, Christine. Okay. So um, what I was going to say was, and you're right, and even being on this platform, NASCA, you know, the fact that we're able to come here and talk about this. Um, I know this is your second time on this particular platform, but the first time you came on, you shared your story with us, and it was so powerful, and you even ended up crying, you know. So it's like every part of the healing process means something. So speaking on this platform, you're you're owning your voice, and you're saying, no, I'm in control. No, I'm the boss. No. You right. can control me. I'm going to share what I want to share, and this is what it is, and standing right. on that, and then having a support team of other individuals who are on this team right now, standing around you, and, you know, most people right now, you just came on, maybe some people don't know your story, or may not understand story, but you shared, you went through child sexual abuse. That's the main right. story. And, I mean, I'm sure you have other stories, but right now that's the main story that I'm gonna address um, but um you know many of us can relate to you and so mm-hmm. you're being a voice for the voiceless on a bigger platform because yeah when we're in that little private group we're able to share certain things that we may not be feeling comfortable sharing on this bigger platform but this bigger platform uh, here on the NASCAR radio show it gives your voice some volume and it reaches people outside of the group, you know, mm-hmm. people who may be on the verge of suicide. And right now we right. know that the suicide rate is going up. 
And so your mm-hmm. voice, you sharing right now for people outside of the group that we know, that we feel comfortable with, is also helping to save lives and um, right. to allow other people to know that they're not alone, other people outside of our personal group. Um, I just want to open up the mic. If, um, I don't know if my co-host, Ms. Kim, I know she, she's there. I know she was having a little bit of connection difficulties. I was trying not to um, call on her too much, but I want to just check if Ms. Kim has anything she would like to say, any comments, any questions. <laughs> Hi, Christina. Hi again. Hi. Um, thank you. Um, no, I don't think I do. I just, I, you know, just staying along with those lines of, um, you know, how therapy animals are just in general. And I, um, I know that my son got a dog from my, his sister not too, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Mm. And that has been one of the one of the best things. I mean, for both of them, because she was mm. um, she's kind of a little dog, and she was living with these two big dogs over at my my daughter's house, and and she was kind of a little needy too. She kind of had this, but she would she wouldn't let the big dog push her around too much, though. She was <laughs> she was also very you know dominant in that way. She's like, no, you're not going to push me around. But um, but they, you know, it's just so good. Like that, any kind of an animal, I think that um, is good. And I, I have started even not that I'm in a place right now in my life that I'm taking an animal, but um, I was kind of happy not having animals because I had cats pretty much all my life, mm-hmm. and I've got lots of grand animals, so. I could go see him, but now I'm like rethinking it. I'm like, maybe I do need like a cat or something <laughs> to keep me company. Oh. But um, <laughs> I just get a little cat. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. that's probably what I would do. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but no, I just can see the the benefits. And as we were talking about the horses earlier, you know, it was I. I know that I have a connection with my daughter's horses as well, even though I've never ridden any of them. But um, but I go visit them and I take them apples and you know, so they like they like grandma, and um, <laughs> so I have that connection with them too. Like like you get if you are just real with them, you know, and you're not always trying to to get them to do something. So. But we're glad you came on today again. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Christina. Right, Ms. Kim. Uh, but lastly, I'm going to say again, I can't believe your daughter has horses. I don't know. I kind of remember it a little bit. Like maybe you made a little comment, but it didn't really hit me like tonight. So I'm going to talk to you about those horses. <laughs> I just think that's amazing, okay? Amazing, but I'll ask you more about your horses another day. But I feel your your grandbaby horses. Your grandbaby horses. Yeah. My grandma. I was going to say, and they can sense when you're down or you're going through something. Because I remember my little dog, my little dog, I had her. 
and she just, it, it was just something about me, too, also having a sense of responsibility, and I had the responsibility to care for this, this little, little doggy, you know, but again, they could, they could sense. My dad had a dog, um, German, a German Shepherd, um, just sweet. His name was Callahan, and he loved to hug you. He loved hugging you, extremely protective. Um, he knew when he was around certain people with, like, maybe special needs or, like, children, so he, he knew when not to bark. You know, just very special, his spirit. Um, we had him for, like, maybe 11 years, and then he passed away. That was my favorite dog, German Shepherds. Yeah, I grew up with German mm-hmm. Shepherds. Oh, yeah, so sweet. <laughs> yeah, my, um, very sweet, very loud. smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. so very smart. smart. We had a couple in our neighborhood. Yeah, oh. my last cat. Well, and so another just little quick story. My last, the last cat that I had, um, I ended up getting her like two weeks after my mom died. Mm. And she was connected to me. I mean, I was her person. She, um, but she, and she was very needy. And I think that she got that from me. I, I used to say, I think I just ruined her, <laughs> you know, because I was so depressed mm. and needy mm. at that time. And she just became like that too. And so, yeah, you mm. kind of see you know, she didn't have that opportunity because she was kitten when we got her. So she didn't really have that opportunity to build that mm. um, instinct, I think. But she still was, of course, she was there for me whenever I needed, you know, because she was always there. But mm-hmm. um, but I think she had a little bit different kind of maybe even reaction to mm. my grief because she was so young coming into my grief. So I don't know. That's, that's and she was connected I, to I you. Think. I agree. Yeah. She was connected so to connected, you. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like my son. Oh, wow. She liked to poop in on his bed for some reason. She didn't like him. <laughs> what did she do? <laughs> she <laughs> go to the bathroom on his bed. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. It was I awful. had a dog that did that to awful. me. His name was Elvis. I had a dog that did that to me. I would leave the dog in the crate and go to work. When I came home, the dog escaped the crate and would go in my bed and poop. And got so mm. mad at me. Mad. Rebe- <laughs> so mad at me. Uh, Elvis. His name yeah. was Elvis. And he uh, was like, every time he would escape. I don't know how he got out of that crate. He would use his paw, his mouth, his whatever. He would get out of the black right and then he would do it right on my bed like it was like his way of saying I'm so oh. mad at you I was like, oh my god I had to go to work oh my gosh <laughs> yeah yeah but dogs right. are animals basically in, in the short yeah. part of it is animals are so smart and some of them are so sensitive um I remembered I had two lovebirds, and I loved my little lovebirds. They were so cute, Mm. and they were so smart. Like, I mean, one of them, he would bite me a little bit sometimes, but he was, like, so smart. You know, some of them, their little brains, they're like, really? You know how to do that? You know how to interact? And it just just leaves you in awe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have any other questions or comments. I know we have Mr. Bill on, and we have um, we have Philip on too, just in case he wants to say what's up or make a comment. Yeah, 
say hi, make a comment, have a question, anybody. Um, we just want to open up the mic. Hello. Hello. Hi, Stella. <laughs> How are you? Um, pretty good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Always good to hear from you. I am. I was hoping to hear from you because I I don't I know I remember you talking about you um one of your neighbors or one of your friends or one of your family members or something like that having horses or cows or chickens or something. So horses. I wanted to know if you horses, cows okay. and chickens. Oh, horses, cows and chickens. I was right. Look at that. You can't even make yeah. that up. And that was by accident. <laughs> Because <laughs> I sure did. I knew it was one of them. I didn't realize it was all of them, but I'm glad it, it worked out. But um, I know that you shared a couple of um, stories, having those experiences with them. And um, did you ever get a chance to ride the horse or no? Still no. No, not yet. Okay, not yet. Not but um, yet. did you feel connected to the horses? Did you feel around the horses or were you scared or nervous? Um, I felt connected to Sugar. That's the name of your heart. Oh, I like that name. I heard they love Sugar, though. Is that true? Yes. I heard they like peppermint candies. I'm like, what? Horses? Like, they're like, yep, they love Sugar. <laughs> so that's so cool. But, um... Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Do you have anything else you want to say? Oh, that was about it. Um, it's a shame that our guest had to leave early. Hmm? It's a shame that our guest had to leave early. Yeah, no. I kind of wish you would have got a chance to... But she'll be back. Um, Mr. Bill, do you follow Mr. Bill's page? Because normally he'll post. Um, no, Facebook. No. Okay. Well, at some point, I got to figure out. Do you follow the NASCAR page? Um, I have the email newsletter. Oh. I don't have Facebook. So. Oh. Okay. So hopefully, we'll see if Mr. Bill could uh, send out a message when she's going to be back with um with the other lady that she learned from because I think that that was great. And let me look at my phone. I had it. I had it. I had it. I had it. Um, what's her name? Oh, I had a lot of things on my uh, notes. Uh, her name was Miss. If anybody else thinks before me, please say it. Miss Melissa Pierce. Okay. And it, the name of her company is Touched by a Horse. And I'm gonna look into that because I feel like I feel like I need to start tapping into something different. Sometimes, you know, in your healing journey, you're like, look, I know I need to get to the gym. I took a long gym break, <laughs> too long, y'all. And I remember when I was uh, like, you know, I was doing, um, is it, uh, what is it, water aerobics. I was feeling great, and I was going in the sun. I was feeling great. And I had a routine, excuse me, and I was feeling great. I was releasing 
releasing sweat, releasing toxins, and just feeling healthier. Um, and so I need to get back into that, but never mind all that. Um, in the meantime, I want to play with some animals. Uh, the other day, I really I was at the mall, and upstairs they have the the little dawn. And I really had an urge. I, I didn't have the time, so I didn't do it. But I'm going to do it because the mall is literally six minutes from my house. But I really wanted to just go upstairs and play with the puppies. And just not think about anything negative or anything that wasn't working out or anything that was stressful or any deadlines. I just wanted to go play with those little, innocent, beautiful little puppies. So. Um, I do believe in animal therapy. I believe that it is therapeutic, and I believe that it helps to release a lot of those negative emotions. And like what um, Ms. Yvonne was saying tonight, for people who have issues with trust, like myself and some of us on design who've been hurt, you can be vulnerable, which is a word that's hard to be to say when you've been through abuse. It's hard to say vulnerable, being vulnerable, vulnerability, and letting your guard down. Those things are not easy to say. So to be able to say those things and be able to actually do it is another thing. So anyone else have anything to say to comment? Um, you're gonna, what are you going to start doing again since you don't go to the gym anymore? You talking to me? Yes. Yes. Okay. You say what am I going to start doing again as far as what? Since you're not going to the gym anymore. Why you got to call me? This is what I want to know, Philip. Why you got to call me out that I'm being greedy, eating good, and not working out? Um, I th- you know what? I need to go back to the gym. I have no excuse because I can't fit under my clothes. So pretty much you're reminding me, and you're right. I need to go to the gym because you know what? It was actually helping me. I was starting to – I was able to stand on my head with my hands and my legs in the air my, and just put, put my head on the, on the carpet and put my legs in the air. I have not tried that <laughs> in a very long time, okay? But, mm-hmm. um, no, that's a good question. You know, I have a membership that I've been paying $10 for two years because I allowed my membership to take a break. So normally my membership is $20, but because I haven't used it in two years, it's been $10. So I have no excuse. I have to just be accountable. I bought myself a workout bag. I packed up the workout bag. It's in the back of my car. It's been there for three months, and I'm like, I'm going to the gym because <laughs> I set the bag up so in my mind I can go to the gym. But now I don't see the bag because it's in my trunk, <laughs> and I just need to put it in the floor of the front. And I need to be accountable. So you know what, Philip? Next time we come on this show and you hear my voice, I want you to ask me, did you go to the gym? So I can be like, aha, yup, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I love you for that, my brother. I really do. I appreciate you, Philip. (laughs) I appreciate you for holding me accountable with love. I will. You going to remind me? When are you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? 
Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Let me see. I might be on, I think next week I might be on Wednesday. Because I was supposed uh, to be on this Monday, but I switched with someone, so that's why I'm on tonight. So normally sometimes um, if I'm on Wednesday, then the next week I'm on Monday like that. So, so far it's been like that. So we'll see. Maybe you'll catch me next week. But you know what? I'm going to go to the gym, so it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to be ready for you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> or, you, or you can get a dog. You can you can get a dog. And, um... Maybe I, no, I have a dog here, but mm, that dog, well, I don't have a dog. There's a dog. There's mm-hmm. a family dog in my house, but the dog is not very well behaved. So mm-hmm. the dog barks at everybody in the book. So I'm kind of like struggling with that a little bit. We're trying to find like an intensive training situation. Because if not, I'm going to have to try to let someone else have that dog. Oh, a little Pomeranian, but the dog's not really really working with us. Too well. mm-hmm. It's been like two years. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I, you know, is the breed sometimes a little difficult. Plus, we had the dog during the pandemic. And if you don't take the dog out, the dog's going to be antisocial. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I used to take the dog out, but the dog's barking at the squirrels, the dog's barking at the neighbors, the dog. So I'm like, oh, my God. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, there, um, there, there was a, I'm gonna I think, a document. I'm going to to your house, Miss Christina. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. But there, there was a, I think, a no. documentary. I was, I think it was a documentary I was watching, and this person who was, you know, a dog trainer, and he was he was talking about the trauma that the animals experience as well, and a lot of time the barking is probably just fear, of course. But like even channeling that with animals, or like maybe soothing music may help, or like the lavender scent or mint scent, um, or even when you shampoo his shampoo the dog. Um, maybe being able to to get like maybe peppermint oil. And that may help soothe and calm him, um, or her. I don't know if you her. Know it's a her. And we it's did her. that. We did that, and we got the doggy wanna marijuana doggy wanna thing that you you know. We were trying to find things that would make the dog kind of calm down. Just, and then she recently mm. got spayed. So we've been doing. And the next step is we're gonna put her in like a two three week boot camp, and those are very expensive. So mm-hmm. if that doesn't work, um, I have a good friend of mine too said she would, you know, probably try to take her. But I ended up for Thanksgiving, I had, um, I know this is off topic, but uh, for Thanksgiving, I had, we hired a dog sitter. And the dog sitter, you know, that's what she does. We got her from an agency, a dog sitting agency, okay? I want to make sure everybody understands this, how deep we went. And um, so she was qualified. This is what her job is. Uh, after like an hour and a half of having the dog, she called us to pick up the dog right back. We had to go get the dog because the dog was barking to the point that she said it was like just severe, like she couldn't take it. It was severe. So it was like a nuisance. And, um, yeah, as soon as she sees a leaf blow by, she starts barking. And then she's a Pomeranian, so her bark is like a high-pitched bark that hurts your head, your ears, you're just like, I'm going to bed. Let me go to sleep. So, yeah. Um, so, anyways, I found a good friend of mine who said that, you know, she'll take the dog. I think 
some of the issues too is that we none of nobody's really like I used to take her for walks, like long walks around the neighborhood. And then, you know, the the barking and all that became an issue so much that I just stopped. And, you know, I, I got the dog for the kids during the pandemic, and they all said they were going to take care of her. And then, you know, it was my dog <laughs> pretty much. And I was like, I don't want a dog. This is y'all's dog, you know. But um, And then also the dog's not wanting to uh, conform to dog potty training. So all those things for me is, like, a little bit overwhelming, I think, because I have four kids and I'm tired. So, um, yeah, you know, I love the dog. So, it, you know, the person that I'm thinking about giving the dog to, if the, if uh, if everyone complies, nobody, everybody's not on uh, on the same page yet, so it's still something we're talking about. But she said that we're able to pick up the dog anytime we want and spend quality time with the dog in between. So she pretty much would go and take the dog to training and take the dog to doggy parks and do the work. And then we can still kind of see the dog in between. So it's like still like in a family type of situation if we do end up going that way. So we'll see. Keep us keep us in your prayers, y'all. Because <laughs> this has been going on for two and a half years. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's been a work in progress. Every time we're like, okay, we're going to let her go, we can't do it, and then it's going to work in practice. So, yeah, because they do become part of your family. So even though they're not behaving well, it's like uh, having a child that's not behaving well. And talking about children that are not behaving well, I do. I work with a lot of um, at-risk youth, and, um, and some of them are, you know, going through a lot of, fighting and arguing with their parents and um and they're you know, they've been through a lot of trauma. And um uh I wonder if I know that they have these service dogs uh who work with kids who've been through trauma and abuse. But I wonder if and like I said, I'm getting ready to put my dog through a boot camp, so let's just pray that she comes out a whole changed dog and doesn't have to go to another home. But um, I wonder if some of these service dogs work with kids who have been through trauma, if they have, like, an actual program that does that. Has anybody ever heard of anything like that? Because I know that there's, um, there's people in jails that train dogs for service to be service dogs, but I haven't seen, like, an actual program that's like, hey, we have these dogs, the kids come here, and the dogs are trained to be service dogs, and it's part of a therapeutic program type of thing. Because the other day, I promise you, I was at the mall thinking about going upstairs to play with the puppies. I needed some pet therapy. It was not my pet at home that barks all the time. But I needed, like, to play with little puppies, little, you know, puppies that were social. Has anybody heard of any programs like that? No, um, I haven't. Mm. Yeah, I think I've seen that before. I think that's, yeah, I think I saw something even, um, maybe it was on Facebook. Like, there's a Mm. man who goes around, but it looks like well, I don't know what the time frame of it is that he does it, but it looks like he can calm 
like animals down, you know, especially specifically dogs um, who are like out of control. And he can walk up mm. and they'll just, you know, be wanting to attack him, but then he can get them to just calm down. Oh. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I need to send Norby there. I need to send Norby there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? You're right, Kim. Because I think I heard about that. Um, the dog whisperer, one of those people. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I've heard of that, the dog whisperer and, um, you know, different people that work with the animals when they're out of control. And there's hope. Don't get me wrong. Um, some animals, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, I was bitten when I was six years old by a Doberman pincher. I died and came back. He bit me on my face. He bit me on my neck. He got the main artery. It was a mess. I was on the newspaper in my country. It was like uh, it was a little girl gets attacked by Doberman, and it was a severe attack. Uh, so, unfortunately, there are some dogs who, um, you know, snap. And that's like people. And so, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, dogs don't snap. It's a... People snap. So dogs can't snap. Um, and I was snapped on. Um, so I normally, I tell people, look, if, because uh, one of my clients, she told me that her dog was a pit bull and he bit her leg. And he locked on her leg. But he didn't mean it. And I said to her, I, I didn't tell her my story. I, and maybe I should have told her my story. Um, but I just said to her, hey, just um, just be careful and just keep an eye on your dog. But, you know, that could have been a child's neck or, you know, something like that. Maybe that child wouldn't make it. I was six years old when that happened to me. And um, mm-hmm. I still have, I have an eight-inch scar down my neck that people don't even know that I have. Um, unless, because I always wear my hair on the right side, so people don't really even see it, but... Uh, I was very self-conscious growing up, and it was something. I, I lost my voice for a few weeks. I couldn't speak. I had to use a bell to to call my grandmother because she's the one that kept me. My mother was a maid, so um, you know. But again, there's wonderful dogs. I grew up with dogs because the person that my mom worked for had like fifteen, twenty something dogs. So I grew up racing and uh, training dogs, and my favorite dog was German Shepherd because that was my best friend with the German Shepherd. This particular dog was a young Doberman pincher. He was new to the tribe, uh, and so he was a teenager, and he was in heat, and he got on top of uh, the German Shepherd, and she was my best friend, and I slapped him in his butt, and so he bit me. And so, of course, there was more to the story. But, um, you know, he was young, so... I just tell people to be careful and always operate yourself with, you know, consciousness. But anyways, back to, I I find more beauty in animals. Um, You know, nobody's perfect, just like people. Nobody's perfect. People do, people hurt people, so it's not an attack on animals. Animals are beautiful. I love animals. I, I have animals. I've had animals, I've had dogs, I've had cats, I've had birds, I've had fishes. So, you know, I love animals. I've had, I've had a squirrel as a pet in my country. 
you know, um, for a little while. And once we nursed the squirrel back to health, we left it back in, into nature. But, um, you know, animals are very, very, very smart animals, and they're very keen and very sensitive. So um, my heart will always be there with animals. Does anybody yeah, else have a comment? I was going to tell you that, um, so it's pause for people. Okay, so that's just, what is it? P-A-W-S for people. Um, mm-hmm. You can go on their website www.pauseforpeople.org or .org, and um, it says we're committed to providing therapeutic visits to anyone who would benefit from interaction with a well-trained, loving pet. Um, oh, wow. And then there's so pause. what do they do? Uh-huh. So what else? Here, what are the websites? Oh, we have five the, what are the websites? The other, I'm trying to find places that's not in. Illinois, but I'm quite sure that this is worldwide. That's okay. Or you know, yes, you got uh, po- positive. So it's it's pa p a w and then sativa. P a w. Therapy troop. Dot com. Troop. Dot com. T r o o p. Okay, hold on one sec. So it's, it's the name of the organization is Positive Therapy Troop, and then the website is positivetherapy.com. But it's it's pa as in P A W S I T I V E therapy.com. Okay, so positivetherapy.com, positivetherapy.com. Yes, ma'am. And then the pause for people.org. Positivepeople.org. Okay. If you just if you just wanted to go there for a day, um, to sit with the animals, you can. So you can see if that's located in like your area. They also have the dog training courses. Um, so, and and when you're talking about what happened with you with your dog when you were you were a child, I wonder if you're if there's like secondary traumatic stressors that your your dog Nori is feeling. From that, I don't know. It just made me think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, Nori. I think um, the thing that's going on with Nori is she's she was born during the pandemic, and she thinks that mm-hmm. we're the only people in the world. And so, if anybody comes over our house, we have to hide her because she will bark the whole time the person is there. Uh, so we take her downstairs to one of the kids' rooms or, you know, she hears a voice, she hears a, you know, those are probably stressors for her. She is used to ignoring and us, and that's it in the house. Um, and so that's one of the things that will set her off is hearing any other voice than the voices she knows because she thinks it's just us in the world. She doesn't really... Um, even when I've taken her, like I said, I take her out, she will go off. And she'll bark like if she's going to bite the person. She would never bite nobody because she's like a little scaredy, scary dog. But she will bark like if she's like barking for dear life. So, yeah, it's probably just she's just during the pandemic, everybody was home. And it was just normal to be home. Everybody was home. And now it's like there's people in the world, and it's a lot. 
you know. So, yeah. Keep Nori and us in your prayers. We're down to a minute and 40, well, almost 40 seconds. If anybody has a little last comment, a last word. Keep who in prayers? Which is that? Keep who in prayers? Keep who in what? And keep me in your, keep Nori. Her name is Nori. That's the dog. I'm about to send her over your house, Philip. <laughs> mhm. I'm sending you Nori, okay? Her name is Nori. I'm gonna send you Nori. <laughs> You're like no. <laughs> right. Anybody else? We're down to a minute. I would say find find your happy place and move forward in it. Amen. That's amen. A good one. No, that was a good one. Find a happy place and move forward in it. And just be your best self. Try try to be your best self. Like I'm dealing we're dealing with Nori, we're trying to stay positive and you know, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You know, but we as a family sometimes you just have to make decisions that are tough, but if you find something that's the safest thing and hey, that's that's the best thing you can do. In the meantime, I just want to say to everyone, thank you for joining us tonight. We're Again, we're on scan number 3163. And um, I hope that everyone has a wonderful night. And I hope that tonight's show was enlightening to those who are thinking about getting pets or have been through trauma and are considering using the support of an animal for their recovery. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, everyone, and have a good night. God bless. Good night. Good night. Another tomorrow. Cause that's gone.